to Between the Slides, episode 18. I'm your host, Kevin Pinnell. Thank you, everybody, for coming back. We are at about 850-something downloads, so thank you all very much for listening to the intro. I decided to come back for subsequent episodes. I really appreciate it. Today, this episode is called A Taskbook for Project Managers. So what this has to do with is when I got credentialed as a planning section chief on a Type 3 All Hazards Incident Management team, there's a book and it covers subordinate positions. So there's four units within the planning section, our resource unit, situation unit, demobilization unit, and documentation unit. And so to get signed off, um, I have to open this book, as they say, metaphorically, literally, when we fill it out, obviously. Um, but those units, um, I have to be competent in, then, then competent in the overall section chief. So a thought I had, and, and what that does is it allows someone that's qualified in the position, uh, at least that section chief position or higher, like an incident commander, to watch me work, whether it's on, it's a combination of exercises. Some things have to be uh, in a real incident, which I was fortunate to contribute to the content to the resource unit leader task books and the planning section chief task books, the all hazards ones. Um, and, and really my, my contribution was to make sure, as I kind of said in the episode 17 as a resource unit leader, that if you're qualified, or at least the signature on your task book says you're qualified, that I can drop you in in five minutes and you can do it in the field, or you have five months to plan for an event that you have every year. Uh, regardless, the skill set needs to be developed. And I really push for that all the time. So these task books reflect what can we do in the real world? And it actually has someone's signature on it that says, I verify that this person has performed these tasks X amount of times, typically at least three, uh, and again, a combination of exercises and real incidents. And so it's a really good way to get credentials and qualifications for folks. And then like other courses, and even this is more of kind of your field training, um, it's just a good way to really verify that folks have those skills. So, you know, being the planning section chief or PSC to project management professional PMP that I am, I thought, you know, what would be great is have the same kind of task book and mentoring structure for project management professionals. From what I know, there's a lot of great articles out there and variability in mentorship is across organizations, right? I don't know of an industry standard beyond me filling out a spreadsheet that says, here's the experience I have and filling out PMI's application and saying, okay, here's why I'm suited to take this exam. So then you, then you pass, then what? My thought is that Mentoring programs could be a standard, just like the All Hazards Management Team Association has these All Hazards task books. So for the planning section chief in particular, when you complete your classes that you have to and you start down that road of qualification, now is the time when we're going to observe you in the, in the real world doing the real work. It would be great if PMI had something set up like that as well, where here's a standard for PMPs that pass the exam, because I'll, I'll say, and I said it in previous episode about passing the exam, you know, just because you can pass an exam, you can study questions, you can take a boot camp, doesn't mean you're going to be a good project manager. That's just true. Same for planning section chief, really anything else. So I'm going to give you my thoughts. I went through the planning section chief task book. I kind of cross mapped it a bit to what I would make into a planning or into a project manager task book, rather, or a project management professional task book. And it wouldn't have to be after the exam. In fact, I think this would be good to do for folks working in the position that haven't taken the exam or for coordinators or schedulers that are building uh, up to be a project manager in their skill set and their competencies. So let's let's get started with that. And, and before I do, real quick, thanks everybody also for stopping by betweentheslides.com, for following me on Instagram at PSC to PMP, same thing on Twitter. 
Um, I have the episodes on the website and some resources, and I'll, I'm going to actually work on this document. I haven't done it yet, and make a task book that, that's kind of like what we used in the incident management world, but I'll make it for project management. So the first part of the planning section chief task book starts with a heading that's competency in the subordinate, subordinate position. So I mentioned that in the beginning, and so that's in that resource unit, situation unit, demobilization, and documentation unit, which says... Before I sign off on you being qualified as a planning section chief, I need you to demonstrate either through a conversation, um, when I go to sign this off, through seeing you work an event or an incident, that you've done these jobs, that you can tell me that it's not a question, uh, that I know you could do this. So how would I cross map that to a project manager? I, it's pretty easy. I would say, okay, let's talk about how you worked or could work if, if you were doing being a project uh, scheduler. So your whole focus is on the schedule. You don't have the whole project to look at like a project manager. So let's talk through that. And then I'd also talk about a project coordinator, right? So that, that's not necessarily a step up or down or, or something. It just has a little different scope, right? From my understanding. So how would you um, work with a project manager or how would you handle these different components that I would assign to you as a, as a project coordinator? Um, again, you're not the project manager, so I'm not going to come to you for everything on the project, but what key parts of projects have you done? Did you manage the schedule? Did you do the budget? Did you do a combination of those? So I think that would be super helpful. Um, and then, you know, then we'll get into, okay, now as a project manager, we'll expand on that. So pretty, pretty direct, just again, different titles in, in the planning section than there are in, in kind of a traditional going up to the project manager role. Um, but I think that's what I would do there. And the next competency is, is that we can assume this planning section chief role. So in the task book, my evaluator or when I evaluated other folks as well is I want to know that you can gather all the kit and the forms and the guides you need. So you have what we call a go bag um, that you are able to determine how much staff do you need? How much workspace do they need? Do you need computers? Do you need pens and pencils? You need to think about your leader, your section chief. You need to think about your staff and their physical workspace. Um, then you need to get an in-brief, right? So if, I, if I'm the incident commander and I choose you to be the planning section chief, you need to ask me some questions, some good ones. So you start out on the right foot. Um, you need to gather information yourself. You can do that from the news, um, read the previous, like the 201 incident brief as there is one, or someone scribble on the whiteboard. You can gather information from a lot of different places. Then you got to start gathering relationships. You got to get out there and shake hands, say, I'm so-and-so. I'll be the you know, planning section chief supporting this event or this incident, et cetera, and do that. And as I said, when you're learning to be a resource unit leader, if you're a planning section chief, you 100% have to know the incident command system. So let's jump back over to a task book for a project manager. So as a project manager, when you're assigned a new project, you have to know what are the tools that my organization uses? Um, what processes do we use? Um, how should I uh, right size the team, right? What kind of organization should we use? And you know, that varies greatly, especially when you're working with external folks like vendors and your internal folks. How do you integrate them? Um, you want to make sure that you're reviewing the business case or that you may have to create a level of effort. So how do you do that? How do you help find out early how much money it's going to cost, how long it'll take roughly? Um, get that brief from your project management uh, office director and uh, or a handoff perhaps from a project manager if you're taking off a pro taking over a project from them or if you're if you're handing off a project to someone else make sure you give them a good handoff um, and then go meet people just like you're going to establish relationships if i go out to anywhere usa to help um, in a project team in an organization i'm going to need to get to know the vendors we're going to work with for the next three months or a year or however long, however long your project is 
So if you can um, get the opportunity, particularly with your own folks, get up, go meet them, get some FaceTime. That's that's huge. Um, stay in contact with them, chat, check in on them. And then you need to know for sure. So just like as a planning section chief, you know you're going to use that planning P process and the incident command system. As a project manager, you have to know what do we use here? Do we do waterfall? Do we follow the project management body of knowledge to a T? Are we flexible with it? Are we an agile shop? So you have to fit what you're going to do with the kind of project that you have. The, the next big heading uh, in the planning section chief task book is you have to lead assigned personnel, right? So I mentioned you're a section chief. This is a leadership position. So as a reminder, remember, you're not in the weeds jumping right to the forms that I've seen a lot of folks get into. That's not what being a planning section chief is. Being a planning section chief is getting people through the process and that includes your staff and like every other section, every other person on the, on the incident or the event. So the first thing, this is my word, not what's in the in the task book, but basically the, the different principles they talk about means be a good person, right? Just, just you know, everyone's going to be tired. Everybody's going to be working late. So just be the best person you can. Think about the safety of your folks, particularly as a planning section chief. You're not really, you know, on the front line, so to speak, but you're out in weather, you're working late. You know, think about your folks, check on them. Um, set the work assignments and your expectations for your folks. So again, as a leader, let folks know, hey, here's what I expect. Here's the planning cycle we're going to use. Here's how I suggest we get it, you know, set up in the section, our workspace. But what do you guys think? And have that interaction. Um, focus really on this incident or us working together as an incident management team is using that us, not me or my, right? And, you know, it really is how are we going to do this together? And then coordinate across uh, agencies and sections, right? So there's external partners that you're there to help that are going to quickly become your, your friends and they're going to come to you for that process guidance. And then those sections, right, the other folks on your team, you are going to talk to other people, right, where you're going to have um, maintain that unity of command. So you're not going to give those orders to people in other sections, but you're sure going to talk to them a whole lot. And they're going to talk to you because they owe you forms. You're going to facilitate meetings. You're going to, you know, build off those relationships. For project manager, very similar. So just like being a good person, be open and honest, right? If you make a mistake, own up to it. That extreme ownership, right? A la Jocko Willing. Uh, it's just a good thing to do. Also, you know, let folks know if, if we have a tight deadline and folks have to work late, don't sugarcoat it. You know, just know that, hey, this is the time we have to do things or, or you know, it's, it's just, it's better to just have a good conversation about it. Um, check on the team, check on their needs. Um, always asking what can you do for them do you need resources do you need more time how are you uh, it really makes a difference um, facilitate the work assignments and i say that because again just like we don't own the incident or event we don't own this project we're, we're responsible for facilitating the success of it but it's not ours it's not my project it's not you know i'm not the owner i'm not in charge of it um, I, i've heard you know, a few different people say that it, it's very interesting to me because, you know, unless you own the company that's paying for everything, it's not yours. So you're going to facilitate work assignments because really you're going to facilitate the people that are smarter than you. They're going to do the work, getting the work done. That's really what you're going to do. Um, you know, and, and really what I like to say and use consciously is, you know, the project I'm supporting, the opportunity I have to support, and that's not just, you know, fluffy words. That's that's true. My whole job is to support the folks that have the knowledge to complete the assignments, right? And then how are we going to integrate, just like we're going to reach out across sections and agencies when we're, you know, out doing incident management stuff and project management, how are we going to integrate our vendors and our employees, right? So there's internal and external partners, I'm very strongly believe that there shouldn't be multiple project teams on a project. There's one project, one team, 
one organization, then it becomes what methodology you're going to use to chop up your org chart, to make those reporting lines, to adjust steering committee meetings and things like that. So I, th I hope the audio quality is good. I'm using the Jabra Evolve headset instead of my blue uh, microphone I typically use. So it's kind of nice to be hands-free. Uh, and I apologize if I sound out of breath at all during this. Um, I've uh, kind of new jujitsu or really new compared to a lot of other folks, jujitsu uh, player. So I'm a white belt in jujitsu and I rolled for a, over an hour, which means basically I tried to keep people from choking me and breaking my limbs. Uh, so great exercise, um, but definitely taxing, but uh, good for the mental and, and physical build. So let's jump back into the focus of this podcast. Um, so the next big section in, in the planning section chief task book is communicate effectively, right? That's on every after action report that I've ever read. There's at least one, if not major components of communication. Uh, so in the planning section chief task book, you need to be able to facilitate effective uh, briefings, right? You're the game show host of the process plus every meeting, except maybe the tactics meeting. Even there, you may be doing the work because you don't have a resource unit leader or you're at least represented there. So again, you need to facilitate those. That means you need to quell arguments. You need to recognize when egos and silos are popping up and try and maneuver around them. And you need to make sure the conversations keep happening effectively. You need to quality uh, QA, do some quality assurance, quality control on your documentation, right? If your section's churning out, you know, crap product that's misspelled, that the page numbers don't match, that things are out of order. And this we, we stress a lot in training we did, you know, when my friends and I taught planning section chief a few weeks ago. What you put out as a product represents your team. And you know, as a planning section chief, it represents you and your section in particular because the final touches come from you before it goes to the incident commander to get signed, that then it's the official document for an event, right? So make sure it, it looks good. Make sure the process works well first, but then make sure your, your product, which is the plan, works. The incident action plan looks good. Um, stick to your situation report schedule. So if you all say we're going to send sit reps every hour, we're going to include the emergency operations center plus, you know, whoever else wants to be on that email chain, make sure you stick to that. So communication and projects critical, right? It's, it's the glue that holds everything together. Um, just, you know, very similar to being a plans chief as a project manager, you're going to facilitate effective meetings and workshops. And again, you're facilitating the meeting. You don't have to have all the answers. And in fact, if you do, are you managing the project and facilitating its success? Or are you trying to be and get into the tactics of the technology? Say it's an area you happen to have technical expertise in. If you're wearing your project management hat, unless the team is stuck, Step back, let the team do the work, let them grow, and then help when you need to. Um, you're also going to validate and verify your documentation as a project manager, right, with the team and the project leaders early on, right? What are those things we're helping with, that business case? Or maybe you, you come on board after that. So the charter, for sure, is like the, you know, the, the big thing that I, I love to get done early when possible because it says, here's our objectives, here's who's who on the team, here's our org chart, here's what we assume could happen, good or bad, here's some risks, et cetera, and high-level schedule. It's a great document to have early on because it sets the tone, and you're the one that needs to make sure that's good to go, but you need to validate it with your sponsors, your business owners, whatever structure you have leadership there. Um, and then stick to your reporting schedule, just like we would on an incident or event for a project. If you say, I'm going to send project updates every Friday, do it. Right. If you say we're going to have project meetings weekly or biweekly and then steering committee meetings monthly, then you need to stick with that as well. Right. But balance that just like you're going to balance um, your your other scheduling with an incident or event with some dynamic. Right. If stuff comes up, if, 
you know, things happen, servers go down, um, patches don't work. You got to be dynamic. And so, you know, our schedules, we certainly want to stick to, but we also got to be realistic. And then the other balance I talked about, you know, in, in prepping for the, the PMP exam and just in general as a project manager, if we all did every document and every single line of every process in all the various books and methodologies, we would we would be doing that forever. So be dynamic in, in how you do your meetings, in what forms you use and how you present those. And, and that'll, that'll really give you dividends and get that feedback from your team. So again, this is kind of a high level. There's there's a lot more lines and detail in the task book for the planning section chief. Um, I would probably similarly have a lot more detail for the project manager one, but we're going over kind of the high level headings that are in that book. Uh, and again, once I get this, it'll be posted to betweentheslides.com. Probably put some some images of it or something on Instagram at PSC to PMP. So look for that in the near future as well. Going to look at uh, one of the last big header sections. Um, other parts of the, the task book are like administrative, like who are you, what agency you're from, who's signing off on this. Uh, there's columns for every signature kind of thing. So I'm just taking kind of the meat from the task book here. So this is to complete your assignments um, that are in line with objectives, right? I'm a huge fan of smart objectives, the the couple series, and, and still we'll do some more of that of those foundational four First thing, establish smart objectives, right? Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-based. Um, that to me is 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 and should be in addition to scope, you know, defining scope, getting approved for the money for the project, etc. Should be super early so everyone knows what we're trying to do. So, on the planning section chief side of the house, you know, you have to know what policies uh, and you know contracts you might have. So, you know, when you go to some places, they may be you know, structures and buildings that are historical or have significant religious context or, you know, there's all these different different factors out in the world and you have to be cognizant of those. Um, policies could be financial, right? You can't spend more than X amount of dollars unless you go through whatever agency, you know, the locality or however you work that out. So be aware of that because you're going to, you're going to, you're going to get asked, even though you're not the finance section, people are going to come to you for information as a planning section. Um, we are always validating the plan against the objective. So for the folks that are in the incident management world listening to this, when we're working around that planning P, we're coming up the leg, we hit that tactics meeting, that is the place where we're going to have objectives posted in that room. And every person and supply and piece of equipment that operations ask for that we help facilitate through our resource unit leader to optimize that span of control and organization should be tied to the objectives that we are trying to solve, right? Um, we're going to coordinate and prioritize units in the planning section. So this speaks to, you know, your leadership again. So we're going to make sure that all the units, if I have them all, or at least kind of the big two, as I call them, resource and situation, are working together, that they're working independently on what they're supposed to, that they're meeting the unit's objectives, right? So I can set objectives for the planning section based on I want to have a check-in process within the next half an hour. I just want to see what it is. Then we'll work about it. And then we'll tell everybody those kind of things. Um, we want to plan for real demobilization. So in the incident management world and events, demobilization means I want people to give me the stuff back that we gave them, whether it's a vehicle, headset with radios, um, and then I want to make sure they're okay and I want them to sign out. A real demobilization, right? Not just, okay, we're leaving. Or if it's via their supervisor, that's cool, but someone's got to be responsible for the stuff and we are responsible for the people to make sure they're good to go. Um, as we close out an incident or event, we are then going to prepare and transfer that documentation. So this is where your documentation, your, your skills are going to come in. So you're going to have a nice filing system, all those various forms we've filled out, everyone's 214s that's listed all the work they've done. 
Um, we're going to transfer that in a nice format back to the agency having jurisdiction or AHJ when we are released from the incident uh, for events. Like let's say it's a big sporting event. Typically, whatever we've decided is the end of that event time. We've demobilized all our folks. There's no more runners or bikers or anything out there. We've said, okay, as of that time plus some time to make sure we get all our stuff and people out of here safely, then we'll make sure that process is squared away and really, really make sure that's a real process. It's important to take care of our folks and make sure they get home safely. So in the project management world, when we're going through our task book, let's say in the future, if that standard becomes real with PMI or your organization or however you want to do your mentorship, um, you also, no doubt, are going to have to adhere to maybe regulatory in the space I'm in now and uh, academic medical center. There's tons of regulatory things that we have to be aware of. Certainly every organization has their own internal policies about spend or Gosh, it could be a, a whole bunch of things. I can't even think of, of the whole list of things. But so be aware of that. Any any regulatory or, or policy thing that can affect your project, be be aware of it as much as you can up front. Stuff will still pop up. That's fine. But just try and gather that information. So seek out those experts early. Um, you're gonna you're still gonna validate your your or your actions rather, and your tasks and everything you do on your project against objectives, right? But also, in particular, what's the scope of this project? Are we lining up a bunch of tasks that are well outside the scope? Because someone thought, hey, this is cool, let's do that. Let's make sure we rein that stuff in. Let's make sure we have a budget. Or if we don't, we figure out how we're going to cover those costs, right? Because sometimes travel or we need to get extra equipment we didn't count on early on. Um, how are we going to do that? Make sure that uh, that aligns with what we're trying to do. Um, and try our best to stay on schedule, right? In a perfect world, we spend the right, the exact amount of money. We hit the schedule right on time and we don't have any scope creep. But in the real world, a, all of that or some of that can and will happen. So do your best to make sure that you are working to keep those in alignment. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but let your subject matter experts on your project team prioritize what should be done. And for you, you trust but verify, right? So you trust them because no doubt they know more than you or they're, they're why are they on your team uh, and they're the experts. But what we need to do is say, okay, so you're telling me this, 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 and this. How does that align with what uh, John Doe told me yesterday? Let's make sure we're doing that right. So again, you're the glue pulling all these different tasks and these different um, professionals together and subject matter experts. So you have to make sure that you trust what they're saying, but you verify that it aligns with everyone else. We need to plan for lessons learned, right? So when we get toward halfway, toward kind of the, the end of the game, so to speak, of the project, we need to think about how am I going to gather? Am I going to do you know, a SurveyMonkey or some other product's online survey, then pull that together and then make that lessons learned report. Um, but you need to be thinking about that because certainly we want to get that information while it's still fresh in people's minds. So don't wait until two weeks after you're done closing the project. Do it before you're in closing or early in closing, I'd say. That's my two cents. Um, and, and again, it's still fresh because you're still kind of finishing execution. You're still maybe just after you go live. So everyone's going to have some good feedback, I hope, or plan for that, what, 30-something percent uh, response rate from surveys. It's unfortunately not super high, but it's it's better than zero, right? And then again, as a project manager, you're going to transfer the project work, not necessarily back to an organization, maybe to your own organization, so it becomes operational, right? So how are you going to put together your service level agreements? How are you going to make sure that when this project is over, they've been calling you, Kevin, the whole time. Who are they going to call now? How are you going to make sure they have that message if something goes wrong with the product or they need a new user or something like that? So make sure you spell that out and it's disseminated and the handoff is good so that when this new product you've put in or process or whatever you've done um, is, is now operational. So 
kind of a, a lot to color, cover. What do we got? 23 minutes, not too bad. Um, between what I think I would do by looking at the task book and tasks that I was guided through, judged on, approved for, um, to be credentialed in uh, as a, again, a type three planning section chief and how that translates. A lot of it you can hear just in the verbiage and, and what I stated, some I was reading from prompts uh, is very similar, right? It's, it's very similar. That's why I'm, uh, you know, I see so many parallels, why it's, I think a natural fit, particularly for planning section chiefs. Um, if you're getting out of public safety or incident management or whatever, to be looking at this, this project management profession, um, the, the depth and breadth of being a project manager is huge. Just like, you know, planning section, you could be at a fire one day and then a bicycle race the next and a missing person. And it's, you know, it's huge when, you're, when you make that change and get out of that that field, um, project management fits just great. It's the same skill set. Just we'll learn some new terms, new forms, all that kind of stuff. So thank you all very much. I hope you like the idea. Let me know what you think. Um, I'll post this on LinkedIn, all the other places as far as uh, my two cents. Hey, there's a text from my wife. Um, so if you hear the ding there, um, but I'll post it. I, I really value everyone's feedback. I know I, I reach out for it for my friends and family, but for the other folks out there in the podcasting world, uh, and in project management and incident management in particular. Um, let me know what you think. Uh, look forward to hearing your feedback, what maybe other topics you want to hear. I've got some guests lined up to give some different perspectives on what it's like to go from an intern to a law enforcement officer and maybe some other feedback on the situation unit. We'll cover more in depth uh, the actual planning section chief role, kind of like I did the resource unit, but um, we'll go into that and maybe with with my guests as well, some other planning section chiefs. So it's more than just Kevin's two cents. We'll maybe spend six cents with three folks here. So let's all keep doing what we can for our teams, getting after it, uh, getting up, getting some exercise, whatever form you take, and really just doing the best that we can for our people, whether they're in the field, whether they're in a cubicle, in a hospital, or anything. Our jobs, whether it's a planning section chief or a project manager, is to facilitate the success of our people and our organization. And I think we can do that really uh, through these competencies and these checks on each other and really mentoring. So I enjoy uh, learning and helping other folks. And I hope you all enjoy this podcast. And thank you all very much for coming by. Godspeed. Godspeed.